Greetings, everyone. This is Ron Jones. I'm your host today at the Lean Braze podcast. I am a historical kinesiologist that studies the history of not only physical education, but physical culture and physical fitness and education in general. And I would like to share a piece of history from 1972 today. I'm going to read this verbatim, word for word, without commentary, and I'll let you decide. It's from a booklet called Conditioning for a Purpose, What's Your Program? It was put out by the National Varsity Club, and the National Varsity Club booklet was published in cooperation with the United States Army and the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports. And I got this booklet uh, not because I was aware of this article, but I was looking for some other things in relation to studying uh, physical fitness in the 1960s. And I noticed an article in there called A Little Bit of Salt and Pepper. And I thought it would be worth sharing. And I'll read you the description at the beginning of the book, and then we'll start the article. A Little Bit of Salt and Pepper. Kansas City Chiefs All-Pro linebackers Willie Lanier and Jim Lynch overlooked racial tensions to become great players and great friends. So here's the article, A Little Bit of Salt and Pepper by Mike Rathit. Mike Rathit is an Associated Press sports writer and a contributing editor for the Pro Quarterback Magazine. This article originally appeared in Kansas City Magazine, and this booklet was published in 1972. Sports and athletic competition inevitably pit one man against another. Most often, it's an opponent or another team that you must compete against. But sometimes it's your own teammate that you must battle to win a starting position on the team. Willie Lanier and Jim Lynch of the Kansas City Chiefs know what it means to compete for the same job. Just five years ago, they reported to the Chiefs' preseason training camp and the same job in mind, with the same job in mind. Middle linebacker. Their abilities, as far as one could be determined from their collegiate performances, were equal. But another factor. Their skin color loomed in the back of each player's mind as an unknown factor. Jim Lynch, who is white, and Willie Lanier, who is black, were faced with the fact that they would compete under the strain of race consciousness. Their battle for middle linebackers is a story in three phases, the awareness, the competition, and the relationship. When Lynch and Lanier were drafted in early 1967 to replace aging veterans Cheryl Hedrick and Smokey Stover at the middle linebacking spot. They realized that the Chiefs were looking for someone to fill the sensitive leadership position. The big question, the one that stirred the awareness of the situation, was whether Lynch, White, from Notre Dame, the Maxwell Trophy winner, who would have the edge because of those factors over Lanier, Black, from Morgan State, a little All-American. Equal Opportunity Would there be equal opportunity that the two linebackers can now smile at the salt-and-pepper nickname that Lynch applied to them tells more than any words, but neither could help having that question pop into his mind at the time. Lanier, of course, was more conscious of it. He was fully aware during his senior year, as he looked forward to the draft, that pro football at that time just had one black middle linebacker, Houston's Garland Boyette. Lanier recalls, 
I used to sit with some of my teammates at Morgan and try to figure out how I compared with other middle linebackers who were seniors. The two I felt were near me as far as ability was concerned were Bob Matheson, now with Cleveland, and Lynch. As far as I was concerned at the time, I had to assume that there would be discrimination. I had heard them all call the middle linebacker and the quarterback of the defense, and I knew there hadn't been any black quarterbacks. I also realized that assuming didn't necessarily mean that there had to be discrimination. And what went through Lynch's mind? I looked at the situation and I knew automatically something was built in there, he recalls. I knew there was going to be competition, but as it turned out, it was never a competition of personalities. It never developed into, I'm going to play and you're going to sit on your butt on the bench's competition. As for black middle linebackers, I didn't think about that. It never occurred to me that there were no that there were never Negro middle linebackers. End of phase one. Beginning phase two, the competition. That started with the exhibition season, and Lanier quickly moved ahead of Lynch, who lost valuable time playing in the college all-star game. And when Lynch finally reported to camp, the first thing he noticed was the ferocity with which Lanier was tackling. That's why I believe he was out to prove something. He was so intense, Lynch points out. He's one of the most naturally strong persons I've ever met. I've never seen anyone before or since hit that hard with that intensity. You know how the helmet is supposed to be convex? Well, he'd come off the field, and his would be concave from hitting so hard. Hard work pays off for Lanier. Lanier's ability was enough to win the competition, and he, he began the season as a number one middle linebacker. Lynch caught somewhat short after reporting late, switched between middle and outside spot, without ever feeling that he had to make significant progress, that he'd made significant progress. But there was no resentment. I played all three positions during the exhibition season, Lynch recalls, and I really didn't know what I was. I just knew I wanted to play football. I've never really considered myself a great athlete. I was only so-so in basketball, nothing in track, and I couldn't play baseball. If they didn't have linebackers in football, I couldn't play football either. But the door was barred. Lanier was in the middle. Perennial all-star Bobby Bell was at one outside position and another veteran, Bud Abel, at the other outside post. The straightest line to a job, however, still appeared to be middle linebacker. Lanier suffers head injury. And so the season moved on, Lanier holding the middle until he sustained a head injury that caused double vision. The end to his rookie season coming when he knew he was unable to play against San Diego. The new middle linebacker, Jim Lynch. He started the next game at Oakland, and the Chiefs went on to win their last three games in a row, leaving him number one going into the 1968 season. Battle of Lynch versus Lanier is renewed. The battle was joined once more in the exhibition season with each finding himself playing a half, then watching a half. So they decided it was time for a talk. We spent about half an hour or we spent about an hour and a half talking things over, Lynch reveals. Willie and I both wondered out loud what was going on. I told him we were like salt and pepper. 
not because of color, but because, but because we complemented each other. There were things he could do better, like sticking his nose right in, because he's a lot more like Dick Buckus of the Chicago Bears, and a lot stronger than I am. And then there were things that I could do better. I didn't feel he could play pass coverage on the outside as well as I could. We sort of both came to the conclusion that we were both good football players and that we would both be playing, if not middle linebacker, at outside linebacker. And it wasn't a case where if he was playing and missed a tackle, I was happy, or if I was in and blew a pass coverage, he was happy. We didn't want it to become a cutthroat competition. We realized neither was going to get cut, both were going to get to play, and we didn't want anything to become a problem. End Phase 2. Begin Phase 3. The Relationship. Phase 3 actually started just before the regular season opened when Hank Stram, the Chiefs' head coach, finally reached the same decision that Lynch and Lanier had reached several weeks earlier. Both should be playing. He called me in on Monday following our final exhibition game, Lynch recalls, and said he didn't want me to get the impression that Lanier had beaten me out at middle linebacker. He said he wanted to play the, he wanted to play the 11 best players in the team, and he just felt I could play the outside better than Willie, and Willie could handle the middle better than me. The competition had ended, and it was, in fact, a plus for the Chiefs, as the Bell-Lanier-Lynch linebacking trio gave the Chiefs a starting crew that was capable, if not better, than anything in the business. Lanier-Lynch relationship. Mutual respect. During the year, both Lynch and Lanier had time to analyze the relationship that had been established between them through the awareness of color and the clash of competition. Both liked what they saw. I have to admit I was leery of the situation at the beginning, Lanier says. Maybe it's only a natural feeling under the circumstances, but I couldn't help thinking we couldn't we wouldn't get along well. But if it's turned out to be but it's turned out to be just the opposite. Jim's very easy to get along with. After I got to camp that first year and got to know him as a person, our relationship became one of one of mutual respect and friendship. Lynch is far more expansive on the subject, possibly because he seems to have found some answers for himself through the competition and the relationship. I can only guess what it means to be black, Lynch says, but I know it's tough. There might be some prejudices. I'm not even aware of... There might be some prejudices. I'm not even aware of, and there may be some that are imagined. But I do know Willie and I know he's his own man. He's very articulate, very intelligent, and he thinks things through for himself. He will never be a militant, but he also never will be stepped on. He's a man, and I think things are... He's a man, and I think things are to a point with him where it doesn't concern him at all if he's black. It's just not a factor. That was the article word for word, the best I could read it without mistakes. A Little Bit of Salt and Pepper by Mike Rathit. It originally appeared in Kansas City Magazine. As read here, it appeared in Conditioning for a Purpose, What's Your Program, published in 1972 by the National Varsity Club in cooperation with the United States Army and the President's Council on Physical Fitness and Sports.